Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Actually, I've had a pretty fantastic fucking week. I heard. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, as as most of our listeners are aware, and if this is your first time here, welcome. Um, I am a lower limb amputee. Uh, I don't have my lower right leg below the knee. Um, one of my favorite activities to do my entire life since I was two years old is swimming. Uh, I lost my leg on May the 18th in 2018, so just over four years ago, as of a couple of weeks ago. And I haven't been swimming since. I haven't been in a pool. A couple of very, very wonderful friends that I have that live a couple hours away, we don't get to see each other very often. We haven't seen each other in a couple of years. Uh, They invited me to come over and hang out and swim at their place because they have an indoor pool. It's really nice. He did everything. And it's not like a traditional pool, shallow and deep end. It's just a shallow pool. It's kind of, think like an above ground pool. But yeah. it's an actual, just an actual concrete constructed swimming pool. You know, it's just shallow like an above ground pool is. It only gets up to about four, four and a half feet deep. Um, But I was like, are there steps getting into and out of it? And they're like, yeah. Um, so... I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to swim because I've not been able to in so long. So bought a bathing suit and I look cute in it and <laughs> went swimming at my friends. And I stayed in that fucking pool until 1030 Sunday night. What's crazy, though, is it turned come to find out, you know, swimming with one leg, you just swim in circles. Or at least that's the joke I've been telling people. <laughs> And everybody has been believing it. That's the hilarious thing. And it's um, just like, well, maybe use a float for your legs and this and that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. It's more like a rudder. It's not like, you know, an oar. But My first yeah. thought when you posted that was, her one leg is going to be treated like one fin. If she had one arm, she'd be going in circles. But everyone was like, oh, that's, well, you'll get better at it. (laughs) Just practice. Just use your upper body. It's quite funny. Quite funny. A friend of mine, he said, have you ever seen a a pull buoy? I was like, what's that? And it's like this float kind of thing that fits in between your thighs. You just squeeze it and hold on to it. I was like, you realize I was making a joke when I made that post, right? She's like, oh. <laughs> so uh, it, it got a lot of people. You know, a couple of people yeah. fell, you know, didn't fall for it. They saw that it was a joke, clearly, like you and Mark and a couple others. But the vast majority of people fell for it. But yeah, uh, spent a couple of days over there with them, hanging out. Uh, my friend Gary and his wife, Chastity, and, uh, Gary went to see Toad the Wet Sprocket Sunday evening and got back home and 
we talked about the concert and everything. And, I'm sorry, what know, was the name of that band that I've never to, heard before? Toad the Wet Sprocket. They were pretty big back in the 90s. They got a new album that just came out, and they're getting ready to start a new tour. And this was like the opening of it. Band. Oh, they're they're pretty good, pretty good. Um, but yeah, he went and saw them, and you know, uh, me and Chas went and got lunch, and we hung out and swam, hung out with the kids, their kids, and it was a good time. And then Chastity brought me back home. Well, to meet Misty. Me and Misty came home. But, uh, yeah, yeah, overall, it's been a pretty good week. I had a good time. I needed to get out. I needed, needed that interaction with, with, with friends, uh, you know, face-to-face interaction with friends. It was nice. Uh, but, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, I scored a uh, PlayStation 5 yesterday or yeah. the day before yesterday. Uh, it's going to be here tomorrow. I th- was originally tracking showed was originally going to be here today, but it didn't get to Bristol in time to be delivered today. The delivery trucks leave at like seven thirty. It didn't get to Bristol until eight. I was like, son of a fuck. So it'll be here tomorrow. Regardless, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You getting a new PS five. You gonna replay all of? Uh, oh fuck uh, yes! Yeah. Oh fuck yes! Play Zero <laughs> Dawn and then Forbidden West both. Oh damn! Well, I don't. Does Zero Dawn have a PS5 upgrade? I think it did. It's backwards compatible though. Oh uh, yeah, but I'd only be playing it for the sake of seeing like the visually upgraded stuff. Well, and that's another question I have: is that like, what kind of TV do you have? Uh, I've got a uh, 60-inch Samsung uh, Ultra 4K HD TV. Never mind. Yeah, it's got a high high dynamic range, you know, HDR. It's pretty fucking great screen. And there is the fucking rain. Holy shit. I hear it a little bit. (laughs) Wow, you're hearing it? Yeah, I can hear it a little bit. Yeah, it's not it's not loud or anything. It was just like it's like oh, clearly there's something happening in the distance, very like like very lightly. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know what it was, and then you were like, "That's the rain." I was like, "Oh shit, okay, that's that's what it sounds like." Got it. Yeah, yeah. See, you guys in California, you don't get much rain, so that's that's the sound of rain. <laughs> One day you'll see it, and it'll blow your fucking tiny mind. Uh, <laughs> you, you weirdo. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, you know, just going to be going to the pool as much as possible, and like the local pool, and a couple of friends here locally that are more close by, not a two-hour drive away. Uh, you know, said you know we got to go swimming, so. Yeah, I'm all excited about that. How was how was how was your week? Eh, tough. There's a uh, there's tough a lot like going. Two dollar steak, tough. Yeah. Yep. It's it's just like every every week there seems to be a new major problem that we have to solve, and uh, 
it doesn't seem to get easier. So there's a lot of frustration, a lot of irritants, if you will. Yeah. So I, uh, any voices to me, I mean, we're not going to go into detail or no, anything, no. but it's just been that like there, there's a few things that happened that were cool. Like, uh, you know, get to check out more maps on the fall guys beta. Fall Guys is like my go-to game right now. It will be for a while because it's it's easy to just like play a couple matches and then go. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got an hour. I can play about four rounds of fucking Fall Guys. Um, and if something ha- like that's the other thing about Fall Guys that I like is it's so light that if I do have to leave in a hurry or I have to drop out immediately, I don't have to stress about. Uh, that's the thing. I, I'm sure you, all you all know that I'm taking care of my folks, and emergencies have cropped up from time to time. And being able to just like leave in the middle of a Fall Guys match because it's Fall Guys and it's not that important is nice. So it's just it's enjoyable. Uh, plus, I'm good at it, so that that helps a lot too. Um. Which you were killing it last night in fucking Fogball Cup. Good lord. Yeah, I had fun. I was like, I was like, your your skill at the regular game is mediocre at best. Mediocre. But then suddenly you get in a fallball cup and you're just like, oh, everybody's getting fucked. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> Damn. I mean, there are some there are some maps I do really good on consistently, and there are others that I struggle on consistently. It balances out. <laughs> uh, there, there was a, the other thing I was going to tell you. I completely forgot the other thing that happened. Since the last time we did the podcast, I forgot what it was. Oh well, I'll be I'll be damned. Uh well, the the one thing I wanted to bring up because I have two things on my list here that I want to talk about because one's funny, one's serious. So. Uh, last week, we, we we had a very serious moment about mass shootings in this country. And I said very clearly that we weren't going to stop. What I didn't expect was to be five mass shootings since Rob Elementary. Five. Um, I don't have this, the list of cities on my phone. Um. It is absurd that nothing will continue to be done. I don't know how many more people have to die from unnecessary gun violence before something is done. Um, it is incredibly frustrating to hear people clutch their fucking firearm because they don't want to let go of their toy. Yeah. You are, if you are doing that, you are a child in my mind. If you go, my second amendment, you're a child. Fuck your second amendment. Fuck your second amendment. It's an amendment. It can be amended. Uh, Should be amended. 
was it George Carlin that was talking about rights and how it's weird that we have that people clutch to their rights considering they're all made up? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, these are God-given rights. And here's the thing. Every country has rights. But some countries have different rights than others. Nobody, it's not a universal thing across the board. It's a fucking birth lottery, you know? Yeah. Mm. Did you see what Canada's doing? No. Canada said, fuck it. No more handguns. We're putting a freeze on all <coughs> sales, transportation, import of handguns. No more. The only reason you need a gun is if you're in a shooting club and you do it for sport or if you're a hunter. Good. <clears throat> and pretty fucking sad when other countries are you know doing what our country needs to do it's fucking yeah. ridiculous yeah it's 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 so fucking frustrating but um if you want to do something if you want to be active in this in this situation um and you don't have money or you don't want to spend the money which i totally get it's 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 hard to justify spending that kind of money. Um, there's one simple thing you can do. Write your elected officials. Uh, be vocal about it. Don't end the conversation because it's uncomfortable. Like, the... The thing that like I've I have found that people who are um, people who are who are very clutchy to their um, to their guns, what they have a tendency to do is come up with with sort of not not really straw man but sort of straw man arguments in regards to why they should get to keep their guns. And every single time, it's nonsense. Every single time, it's it's the same sad arguments that I've heard too many times. The one that fucking kills me is that is uh, you know good guy or I'm not a good guy, but a um, uh, it's not guns that kill people; it's bad people that with guns that kill people, right? So if we stop their ability to get those guns, do you think it would end? It would end. <laughs> Because obviously you don't think anyway. It's I don't yeah, want to get in this conversation like, for too long. They're, but they're like, oh, they're going to stab them with knives. They'll find a way. Yeah, I'd rather have somebody. I'd rather risk a stabbing, because you know how hard it is to stab twenty-one fucking people, and you know the amount of time that it would take to stab twenty-one people fatally. Um is a lot a hell of a lot fucking longer than it is to shoot somebody with a fucking assault rifle. The other one that kills me or that cracks me up is like oh well if we if we ban all guns they'll still find ways to get guns. Not the ones causing these mass fucking shootings. Like mm-hmm. how many 18-year-olds do you know that can just find guns on the fucking black market? And if laws yeah. didn't stop people from buying guns, then why did that kid wait until he was 18 to buy them? Mm-hmm. Fucking. 
just it, it's wild to me that people just don't get it. They don't want yeah. to get it. They, 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 yeah, they're like, well, they're criminals. They're like, they weren't criminals until they did the fucking act of killing because they purchased these guns fucking legally. Yeah. So, um, throw your fucking, oh, the criminal's going to find a way bullshit because they didn't break the law until they actually killed people. I have watched videos of people destroying the AR-15s. Like, taking them apart and hammering pieces of them that, you know, if you know anything about guns, they have to be precise. They have to Mm -hmm. be built very precisely in order to fire a bullet. You destroy a piece of it, the gun's fucking useless. Mm -hmm. And I've been watching people take them apart. And like, you know, that one like hammering piece in the center of an AR-15, like they'll just hammer that shit until it's like bent. Yeah. Like, people are destroying their AR-15s because they see the problem. Some people have just straight up, like, surrendered their guns to the local PD. Which, I don't know, that's necessarily what Uh, I would do. Yeah, I would rather see them smelted. Repurposed into something useful. Yeah. But, but yeah. um, Because the last thing we need is more fucking, you know, cops with automatic weapons of course nobody wants to work anymore you saw that meme that i posted didn't you yes i did yeah yeah yeah. sorry i was like i was like did i yeah the listeners uh for those of you it's a it's a meme of the uvalde uh police department in full riot gear swat gear standing around underneath a tree in the shade drinking water doing nothing and it's captioned, nobody wants to work anymore, because usually it's the back the blue crowd that are always spouting that line, nobody wants to work anymore when it comes to uh, labor shortages. There's no labor shortage, there's a wage shortage, and people are fucking sick of it. Fuck <laughs> off. Anyway. Um, so the funny thing I wanted to bring up, because I want to move away from that topic as... Mm-hmm. But guys, I'm sorry. Like we're gonna be talking about it every single week until until something changes. Maybe even further than that. Who the fuck knows? I mean, five mass shootings after Rob Elementary seems like a fucking lot, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, so the other thing I want to talk about that I've seen a lot uh, recently, and it just it just drives me fucking bananas is what I'm going to call Mandela Effect Adults. Just because you remember a thing a specific way doesn't mean that it's right. Yeah. You can sit there until you're blue in the face and be like, I specifically remember Sinbad being in a genie movie named Shazam. The movie doesn't exist. Just because you have some weird fucking memory of it doesn't mean it exists. Um, I saw one the other day that was, uh, oh god, what, she said something along the lines that she, um, oh, that's what it was, that she specifically remembers Ed McMahon going to people's houses with um, Clarence House, Closure's Clearing House, and giving away checks. To which I was like, no. He was with a different company doing that, not Publishers Clearinghouse. There's actual footage of him. 
going to a few, like a, a couple people. He rarely did it though. Uh, it was some other fucking company. Uh, I'll look it but, up while you're. Yeah, but uh, but all the comments were just like, "I refuse to believe any other thing." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Oh my god, you fucking dumb! God, you dumb!" It's like if you have a memory and you go, "I remember it this way," you that's fine. But if somebody says, "No, it was this way," because you know, da 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 da. And you ref- you continue to refuse. Wild. Fucking wild. And honestly, kind of annoying. Like, super weird. Uh, but just in general, like, it, like, If it's for the sake of a joke, it's fine. It's funny, whatever, like they did in, in Peacemaker. But like when you're actually sitting there being like, no, I'll argue till I'm fu- like, that's the hell I'm going to die on is that Sinbad was in a genie movie called Shazam. Or it's Baron Steen Bears, not Baron Stain. You're fucking obnoxious. <laughs> That's it. That's that's the whole argument. It's just it's people annoy the shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I can't seem to find what fucking company it was, but it was similar to Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah, somebody said the name of it. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that's the one. And now I can't remember the name of it, but it wasn't published as Gary House. Uh, it's just, it's just so weird to me that people are like, <clears throat> because I remember a thing a specific way, that's the way that it is. Period. And I'm like, that's not how, that's not how knowledge works. Just FYI, just admit you remember it wrong, except the real one. No, I had a problem, and suddenly I was in a different universe. Blech. No. My favorite one is I saw a woman say, and I'm not joking, Maya. She said she that her and her daughter, that their consciousness was teleported to an alternate universe version of themselves because they got into a car wreck and died in their universe. Hmm. That she... She was driving from point A to point B. She dozed off. Then woke up with like her heart racing in a panic while driving and heard her heard her uh, like three year old daughter say um, like uh, mommy go boom or something to that effect. And that was her evidence that that happened. <laughs> Like, hmm. So what actually happened is you dozed off while driving because you're tired. Your body went into a fugue state trying to wake itself up. So it had pumped a little bit of adrenaline into your body, causing your heart to race. You then woke up in a bit of a panic because you realized that you're driving. Heard your daughter say some fucking weird shit because kids just say weird shit. And mm-hmm. went. Irrefutable evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. 
crazy shit I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's just obnoxious. It just straight up is like it's it's just weird. So that's all I wanted to bring up. Like I've seen it a bunch of times. I'm just like. <sighs> Makes my eye twitch. Yeah, my eye twitches when I get around too many stupid people. That's yeah, fair. That's that is fair. Um, sorry, I was looking at Twitter for like a second, and I just I'm saw. Speaking that. of stupid people, <laughs> look, look. Uh, no, somebody said. No, uh, not everybody. I'm just saying there's a fucking abundance of them there, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it says, following the success of the Joker, David Zalav has asked Todd Phillips to do more in the DC universe and potentially act as an advisor. And somebody just goes, This is a very stupid idea. <laughs> uh, Maybe that joke didn't land with you like I wanted to, so that's cool. I'm sorry. Well, you don't like the Joker. No. Yeah, I didn't care for it. It was mediocre at best. Highly overrated. I mean, I, as much as I agree with you, it's funny that <laughs> it's funny that somebody's like, this is a very stupid idea. Um... Well, folks, anyway, back to our regular scheduled uh, content because we have spent about 25 minutes now just talking about shit, which is fine. But we got to review things, okay? That's what we do here. Well, we got a lot to cover today. Yeah, so we have uh, Obi-Wan episode. Obi-Wan Kenobi is the full name of the show, but everyone's going to call it Kenobi or Obi-Wan, one of the two. Uh, episode one, two, and three, as episodes one and two aired Friday and then... Episode 3 aired yesterday as of recording this. Um, and then uh, Stranger Things Season 4 Volume 1, which consists of seven episodes, which we've discussed this. We're not going to run down every episode. We're just going to talk about characters' plots, like their storyline in the <coughs> seven episodes since it was a like a season dump. Yeah. Half um, season dump. The other half comes July 1st. I call it more like three-fourths, but yeah. Because the other half is basically just two episodes, and one of them is a movie. Oh, it's only two episodes? Yeah, so it's uh, episode eight and nine. Eight is, is about an hour, 20, hour 30, somewhere in there. And then episode seven, or episode nine is two hours and 30 minutes, two hours and 40 minutes, something like that. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, uh, so Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, like story picks up ten years after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Obi Wan is on Tatooine, trying to lay low. He wants to make sure that Luke is of age to train him. I don't know any, anything else on the plot that you want to talk about before we kind of dive into with where the story's been going. Well, he's basically, you know, he's going by the name Ben now. Uh, he's working in what appears to be some sort of meat processing facility in the middle of the fucking desert. 
which they just leave the meat out at the end of the day. They're just like, it's time to go home. Leave this disgusting meat out. Yeah. Um, maybe it's salt cured. Who knows? I don't. I do like how I noticed that, but they still address it in the show with the, uh, um, uh. Oh my God! I can't think of the race. Jawa. Mm-hmm. The, the Jawa says, uh, "You like he tells Obi Wan he stinks real bad." Yeah, you stink. Did you get some soap today? <laughs> oh, that was funny. Jawas are awesome. What I like about this new era of, of, of Star Wars is that it's making certain side characters that you would just think were a group of people um, more contextual. So, like, yes. back when I was younger, I was like, oh, Jawas are just scavengers of the desert. Who the fuck cares about them? Uh, yeah, they sand, say you teeny a lot. <laughs> sand people are enemies, essentially. And then, like, Book of Boba Fett and... Uh, Mandalorian, Mandalorian, and 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 now Obi Wan have like really put like those characters in a better place. I'm like, That's cool. Yeah, it's not necessary, but it's a very appreciated extra thing to have. Yeah, it makes the universe more alive. Yeah. Um. So. The the episode opens up, the first episode opens up, you know, Order 66 is taking place. And it's like they put yeah, up the a show, fucking they put the up a fucking warning on a, on a school shooting, yeah. So you didn't watch the episodes on Friday. Am I understand am I understanding? I did. That? I did watch them like as soon as they dropped Thursday night at midnight, I dropped I watched them. Because there was no warning when I watched them. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was no warning on screen, or at least I didn't notice one. But maybe they uh, didn't. Maybe I'm thinking of Stranger Things. No, they did put a warning up later. Um, or at least that's what I read, because I don't remember a warning. But what was I, funny? It, it could be the Mandela effect, man. It could be misremembering it. <laughs> no, you're just transported to a different universe suddenly. Um. What I do remember, though, is that my dad and I were watching it, and I said, I jokingly looked over at him, and I went, this show is literally starting off on a school shooting. Are we joking? And dad's like, how is this a school shooting? I'm like, it's a joke, first and foremost. And secondly, secondly, it's a school for Jedi that's being shot up right now. <laughs> Granted, it's by clone troopers, but that is a, that's besides the point. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. So we see uh, we see Obi Wan going about his his daily life, and he's you know keeping tabs on Luke on his aunt and uncle's farm. Um, you see him actually buy from the Jawa a, a model T sixteen Skyhopper, which. Is a nice callback to A New Hope when Luke's actually playing with the model ship, the T-16 uh, Skyhopper, while 3PO's getting his oil bath and he's cleaning up R2 in the family garage there. Uh, so that was a cool little nod. Um, see Owen uh, confront Obi-Wan in town, throwing the model back to him. He's like, stay away from us. He's like, he needs to be trained. He's like, oh, yeah, you're going to train him? Like you trained his father? Which was sass. 
Sasser's awesome. Yeah. Um, were you gonna say something? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. We see the uh, Grand Inquisitor and the fifth brother and the third sister of the the Spanish Inquisition, I guess. Um, they show <laughs> nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. I um, always, I did always find it funny that in Rebels they were called they they're, they're called Inquisitors, and I was just like, who are they inquisiting? They're just going around hunting Jedi. If you're talking about them asking others where, like, if they've seen Jedi. I guess, but <laughs> it's just a very weird name for them personally, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, they, they do, uh, they do find a surviving Jedi on Tatooine. Uh, they attempt to kill him. The Grand Inquisitor stops them. He escapes. Uh, Grand Inquisitor basically tells Reva, you're reckless and, you know, your obsession with finding Obi-Wan is, you know, causing you to be even more reckless. They didn't know Obi-Wan was on Tatooine. Uh, but we also see, after he looks in on young Luke, we see it flash over to uh, Alderaan. And we see little Leia and her family and what her home life is like. And... Essentially, you know, Leia is very adventurous and uh, very individualistic. Very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? She's defiant in the face of authority. Uh, she doesn't want to be bogged down with boring old palace details as you know, her, her mother's like, you know, we've got family coming. We need to do this, have this function. She's not wanting to do that. She runs off. She gets kidnapped, essentially. Which makes perfect fucking sense to me that um, she would be sassy and defiant. Like, that's laying a fucking nutshell. What, yeah, what's, absolutely. What's pissed me off about people's reaction to, to young Leia in this show is that they're just like, she's just too over the top. She's too sassy. And I'm like, it's... Princess Leia Organa, who was the leader of the fucking rebels in the original in the original trilogy, what did you expect her to be? Ten years old. Like, yeah, I, I mean, the, when you're first introduced to her, she's nineteen and she's already that way. So of course she's going to be that way at ten, heading that exactly. Um, but uh, let's talk about that, that her getting kidnapped for a second. Because that was a very awkwardly shot chase scene, and that and that seems to be a theme. Uh, now, Deborah Chow, she's been the showrunner and uh, director of all these episodes, um, and she's done some wonderful episodes on The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, but she doesn't direct a chase scene well. No, Everything else she does extremely well, but a chase scene she does not do well. No, we uh, the 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 pursuers, the kidnappers, when they're chasing Leia through the woods outside of the palace on Alderaan, they are lumbering and running like they've taken a shit in their fucking pants. 
They remind me of a toddler with a full dapper. It is. It was bad. Um, real quick, because uh, I think it's funny, and this is for people who watch the YouTube. Um, uh, I got to show you these uh, two videos that I downloaded that uh, kind of make fun of it. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah, you sent those to me last night, and they were funny. All right, so here's the first one. So you see Leia running, you see them lumbering, and yeah, that's exactly how the people are running <laughs> behind her. And then here's the other one of her get of. Yeah. Oh no, one. branch. <laughs> Branch. <laughs> it's like, do you not see the branch? You're not even making an attempt to duck. You just run into it chest first. Like, what were you expecting? And an argument can be made is in her adrenaline heightened state that she is maybe tapping into the force unknowingly and affecting them in that in that way we as viewers cannot do that every time <laughs> no no i mean flat out it's just a poorly it's just a bad direction scene yeah. yeah um i think but somebody, you could make the case for it you could um you shouldn't but you could uh the thing that always makes me laugh though about how people are reacting to this show is like Oh, well, this chase scene has ruined Obi-Wan for me. And I'm like, that's the wildest fucking statement ever. Considering you're watching the show means you're a Star Wars fan and you act like the whole franchise hasn't had dumb shit like that in it before. Yeah. Like, there are about three movies that are damn near perfect in Star Wars, and that's debatable. Empire Rogue One and The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. But And even then, they each have their flaws. I mean, there are people that hate all three of those movies. So, I don't personally understand it, but yeah, whatever. But, but yeah, yeah, so... After, after yeah, she ahead. gets kidnapped by a flea of all people of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was weird. Like, odd. Um, and he's cool, so no complaints. Yeah, about yeah. Him, but. Um, her father travels to Tatooine. After, well, they they first make a holo call to Obi Wan, pleading their case, and he's like, "No, I'm not that person anymore. Sorry, get somebody else." Bail actually flies to Tatooine and pleads his case in person to Obi Wan. He's like, "It's got to be you, please find her," you know. She the tracking shows that the ship went to this system uh, on a planet called Dayu. Then we see Obi Wan go out into the middle of the desert and dig up his lightsaber, and he boards a transport and leaves Tatooine for Dayu, and that carries into the second episode, where Dayu is like this. Re it it reminds me of the like lowest levels of Coruscant, seedy and dirty, and you know. Doesn't seem to be any kind of law there, much law there. There are, there is an imperial presence, but you know, for the most part, they're turning a blind eye to a lot of shit. Uh, 
you know, except when they need to. <clears throat> um, so he's 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 landed on Dayu. He gets approached by a kid, and he's like, he's like, I'm looking for a young girl, and he's like, Well, there's a Jedi here that can maybe help you, and it's fucking Camille Nanjiani. <laughs> I love Who that Disney, is, Disney will just be like, oh, were you in Star Wars or were you in Marvel? Well, now you're going to be in the other franchise you weren't in before. Yeah. And Camille Nanjiani's character, he, he just straight up is a con man. He's not a Jedi. He's using, you know, little tricks, uh, using uh, magnets to make it look like he's force levitating or force lifting uh, things off of the table. And you know, hidden uh, hidden remotes for the blinds and things like that. Pretending to do the Jedi mind trick and shit. You know, and he's his name's Haja. Uh, he, for a fee, secures passage for a woman and her child out of the, off the planet. Uh, Obi Wan sees it and immediately calls him on his bullshit. But he does have a lead uh, on where Leia could be. Obi-Wan goes and basically infiltrates and finds Leia. Uh, gets her out. A chase ensues across the rooftop. And we see the third sister, Reva, doing some weirdly shot parkour action. Uh going from rooftop to crossing alleyways and up and down fire escapes. And just, it was clearly not shot seamlessly. Uh, It was made of multiple takes and different angles. So it just didn't look good together. No, it it was definitely very, very poorly structured. And what made me laugh about that whole situation was that it could have been shot better. It could have been shot way the fuck better, but they chose mm-hmm. not to. They chose to um like how are you gonna have that many characters on a roof chase and be that weird? Like I don't know, it's just it's so odd to me. Yeah. It was it was structured very oddly, and the characters involved. You know, once Obi Wan actually gets Leia and breaks her out of the facility that she was in, the uh, third sister has the kidnappers put out a bounty hunt, uh, put out a bounty on Obi Wan. So just like almost everybody on Dayu's getting alerts, and now they've got just a city full of bounty hunters after them, trying to find them. Uh, and that's what leads to this chase. During which Leia's like, "Who are you? I don't trust you. They're looking for you. You're, you're the reason I've been kidnapped." And tries to run from him during the chase, and he's trying to keep up with her while fending off bounty hunters. Um, gets to a point where she falls off the building down an alleyway, and he actually taps into the force for the probably the first time in ten years. And saves her at the last instant from uh, a fatal impact. You know, stops her with the force and gently lets her down. And then she 
believes, okay, you are a Jedi. And they're trying to find a way out. And that's when Camille Nanjiani comes up to them and says, okay, um, there's a way off planet. Go here. Uh, it's a cargo ship. It can get you out of here. It'll take you to uh, Mapuzo, I believe is the name of the planet. What'd you call me? Take yeah, I called you a Mapuzo, you <laughs> fucking Mapuzo. It'll take you to Mapuzo. You got friends there, Obi-Wan. Um, you know, he's like, why should I trust you? He's like, I'm just trying to do the right thing. And he's like, I'll buy you some time. They are making their way through the city. Making their way and, downtown, moving quick. And get to the cargo port. And that's when the third sister catches up to him and says um, he's going to be very happy when we bring you in and she's like oh you didn't know Anakin Skywalker is alive and Obi-Wan just basically has this oh fucking hell he's alive moment Mm -hmm. Um, the Grand Inquisitor shows up she kills the Grand Inquisitor and it's like you know, I'm taking your spot essentially as Obi-Wan gets away. My my question that throws me for a loop a little bit, and maybe I just don't know the lore well enough at this point, but how do they know that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker? Um Would you I think that a secret. I think very few people, like I'd say the Inquisitors. You know, in that circle, new. Um, because there were people. You know, he Anakin took the name Vader and was going by Vader before the armor. Right. Um, I'm I'm sure there's an explanation for it, but you know, it's not one we've seen on screen too much. I mean, if they if they, if it's written that people know that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, that's whatever. That's fine. I just don't remember that ever being a thing. So, yeah, I don't think by the time the original trilogy rolls around, I don't think it was common knowledge to anyone. But I think there are a few people who did know. But you know, it's it's there's been EU stuff about certain people knowing who he was, but that's EU stuff. So I don't know what's officially canon on who who all knows now. I need to watch more Rebels. I have not. Watched yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, yeah, third episode which aired yesterday. They uh, Obi Wan and Leia, uh, they make it to Mapuzo. Um, Seth Rogen picks them up. No, <laughs> it sounded like Seth Rogen. Zach Braff. That was Zach Braff. Fucking a. Yep. I thought that I was like I I heard the voice and I went that's very familiar. That's got to be a fucking famous person. So I had to look it up. I Zach thought Braff. it was Seth Rogen. But that little Zach Braff, fucking awesome. Now I want to watch it, Scrubs. It clearly sounded like he was trying to do a a, a voice, but at the same yeah. time, at the same time, they definitely modded it. Okay. Uh while they get picked up for this 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 guy, he's a you know, he's a, tra- a transport driver and he's clearly very uh Friendly with the Empire. Uh, he's got an Imperial banner painted onto a flag on the back of his transport. Yeah. 
we actually get to see Reva communicate with Vader himself. Uh, and he tells her that if she succeeds in finding and delivering Kenobi, that she will be appointed to Grand Inquisitor. And if she fails, she won't live to be disappointed. <laughs> so they dispatch a shitload of probe droids. Uh, the probe droids uh, are, you know, scattered everywhere. And it was cool to see them loading up the probe droids into those fucking pods and launching them. That was a very cool thing to see. Yeah. There's a lot of visuals in this show that are really fucking, like, awesome to look at. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, most of the stuff that was on that the the, the um, second episode planet, mm-hmm. I thought was like a really cool like idea. It's kind of like the lower levels of Coruscant. Yeah, that's what I said. Did you say that? And I wasn't. Wow, I actually that? did say the exact words that Dayu looks very similar to the dirty, seedy, lowest levels of Coruscant. I heard you say that, and my brain just was like, "I'm just going to say it." <laughs> It's fine. Um, uh, so, so Obi Wan and Leia they're posing as farmers from Tall, um, and they uh, the transport driver uh, picks up a squad of stormtroopers. He's like, "Ah, hey, transport's late. We're heading to so and so," and he's like, "I'll hop on in and meet our new friends." <laughs> and once they get to a checkpoint, Obi Wan basically uh, fucks up his cover, and Leia saves their cover briefly. Uh, but then a probe droid shows up and scans his face and sends out an alert that he's been found. So he had to dispatch all of the stormtroopers there at the checkpoint. To which, once they do, another transport with more troopers and an Imperial officer show up. And it looks like they're getting ready to be taken captive. And then the officer turns out to be a rebel, a rebel sympathizer, sympathizer. I don't know. She's a member of the underground. She shoots the stormtroopers in the back and takes uh, Leia and Obi-Wan to when a she, safe house. When she showed up, I sat there and stared at her for a minute going, where the fuck do I know her from? And it was, uh, it took, God, I want to say like 10, 15 minutes to realize that she was in Game of Thrones. She's one of the, the, um, she's one of the women that comes to, uh, uh, King's Landing with, um, uh, Pedro Pascal's character. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, the shot I remember her in is when he gets his head popped, she's screaming. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she takes him to a safe house. And what? what I said that, and like there's nothing else else of the conversation. You're just like, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So she, her name's Tala. She takes them to a safe house. Um, there's a hidden room inside of a droid, like an automated droid repair shop or some shit. Uh, and there's a tunnel system attached to it. And she's like, in a few hours, we'll take you to the port there's a pilot who's going to take you off planet in the meantime the inquisitors show up and they start you know branching out in the streets and then all of a sudden you see this look on obi-wan's face 
Vader is fucking there. And you see Vader walking through the streets, not even questioning anybody, just fucking force grabbing and jerking people out of the windows of their homes, snapping their fucking necks, choking them out. And, you know, you think Obi-Wan's going to do something. And then she's like, we've got to go. We've got to go. So they bolt down the tunnel. Uh, Obi-Wan says, you get her to the pilot. I'm going to stay behind. I'll buy you some time. Uh, so Tala and Leia take off down the tunnel. Obi-Wan steps out, sees Anakin, and takes off running. Uh, to which Vader starts Michael Myers walking behind him. I'm actually okay with this like new era of like making Vader seem like a horror character because Yes. It's it's good. Like uh did you ever play um Fallen Order? Yeah, the oh my that, god. That whole the whole Michael Myers thing with Vader is pursuing Cal Kestis, that was awesome. So fucking good. And then of course, you know, you got that Rogue One scene. Yes. Oh, I love making Vader scary again. It's so good. Yeah. Cause, you know, he was scary when you were young. Yeah. And then he wasn't. He said, Yippee. Um let's try spinning. That's a neat trick. Um, and then he said, "Yippee!" Yeah, uh, yeah, and it took away all. It took away all the fear. Uh, they've put the fear back in Vader. I don't think that that scene necessarily took the fear out of Vader as much as just every time we'd seen Vader after that, he wasn't scary. Yeah, because <laughs> they could have still made him scary. It's it's like him walking through that village alone and just like like killing people because he can. I was like, yeah. oh my god. Like he snaps that dude's neck. I was like, ooh, that's awesome. Well, he's choking the father out, and the son comes out screaming, and he just snaps the kid's neck and then continues to finish choking the father, and the mother's just sitting there sobbing over her dead family. And he's just a fucking terrifying badass. Oh, so fucking rad. But then he, he, he corners Obi-Wan and he's like, What happened to you? He's like, I'm what you made me. <laughs> And I was like, ooh, that was cool. So Obi-Wan's trying to get away from him. It was Again, uh, I, I just want to point out that was another awkwardly shot chasing, FYI. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. It was. Eventually, Vader comes up on him and corners him. And whatever metal it is that they mine is highly flammable. Vader, you know, takes a card of it and overturns it and it's spread all out. He grabs Obi-Wan, force grabs him, and levitates him in the air. And he says, now you're going to suffer. And fucking ignites the fucking uh, metal. And then starts dragging Obi-Wan's body through it, making him burn. Yeah. To which, at that point, Tala shows up, kills a stormtrooper, reignites the fire after Obi-Wan is clear from it. And has a droid come in and retrieve him and... Pretty much that's how the episode ends. Yeah. Oh, well, no, we have that one shot of Leia being essentially captured by Reva. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did. Which was is important. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so uh, here's my thing about this show. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I think that there's a lot to enjoy about this show. Mm -hmm. um, what I don't like about shows like this, the stakes aren't high. Yeah, yeah. I we mean, we know Obi Wan survived. We know Leia survives. 
there's nothing there for us that's inherently like nail biting. But the show's built like it's supposed to be, right? Like it's it's built and structured like we're supposed to be like, oh, is Obi Wan gonna die here? Like we know he doesn't, so like I don't feel that tense. I don't feel that ten- that tension, you know. And so, but you know, that's that's my complaint about about prequels every time. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think the show is really well structured, um, uh, with the exception of Chasen's. Except the Chasen's, yeah. Um, you know, I, I do, I do believe that the show has a a fun way of telling the story. That's 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 heavy, but not too heavy because there there's some levity to it, which is nice. Um, but it's you know it's it's you got you got to keep in mind like the the, the most interesting thing about. Uh, this story is that it's it's 10 years after like it's right in the middle right in the direct middle of three and four yeah because luke uh luke is 20 at the beginning of well they're they're 19 him and layer are not 20 yeah it's 19 yeah whatever but um but yeah this is this is when him and Leia are 10. So it's but still essentially the middle. It's, it's a nice series. Like I don't mind the story. I like the, the, the filling in the gaps, but again, mm-hmm. it's one of those stories that I, I'm going to kind of passively watch. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes that are really cool and fun to watch. Like uh, again, I think that showing certain aspects of the universe as it is now is neat. Um, like the that one Jedi that was hiding out on Tatooine, how he's been killed and he's hung in the middle of the of of Mos, was it Mos Eisley? I believe it's Mos Eisley. Yeah, and uh, you know, as as just a warning. I thought was so cool. Also, is it is it abundantly clear to you as it is to me that Riva was a youngling? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it was. I think during the opening shot, Order sixty six. I have to go back and watch. I think she may have been one of those five or six kids that were trying to get away. Oh yeah, I'm confident she was. And even if she wasn't one of those five or six kids, it's it's clear to me that she holds resentment towards the Jedi because of that. Hmm. So, um, there were so many people that didn't see that. They were like, what? I'm like, yeah, that, I thought that was clear to everybody. Uh, but yeah, so we can move on to Stranger Things. I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, show so far just the three episodes, not, you know, the episode, not each episode themselves. Um, a solid B. You know, I think that there's room for improvement. Um, it's entertaining enough. I enjoy where the story is headed, but like I said, lack of stakes being high enough. Um, and it's just really filling in like gaps, I guess. Uh, it's interesting enough to keep my attention. I'm going to finish watching it. It's only six episodes long, so it's not like it's going to take too much of my time, but, um, and we're going to review it on the show anyway. So yeah, I don't know. It's just nothing, nothing like spectacular, but also nothing terrible. So except for, except for chasing yeah um i'm gonna give it a b plus uh you know 
the awkward lumbering chasings do detract a little bit, but the dialogue that we're getting, uh, the interactions we're getting with characters are highly enjoyable. I like seeing young, sassy, uh, defiant Leia. That's pretty awesome. Um, you know, maybe we'll, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to speculate because there, well, yeah, no, I'm going to scrap that thought that I was having a period. Um, but yeah, it's really, really, I'm really enjoying it. Looking forward to it. I want to see more fucking horror Vader. Give me that. Give me a fucking Vader series. Give me a fucking Vader series of him just fucking shit up. Yeah. I'll be down for that. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. I can't wait to watch the next episode. Uh, and yeah, let's move on to Stranger Things. Yeah, so uh, this is the uh, uh, first... I was going to do the math, but we started talking and my brain didn't want to fucking do that. But there's... um. Uh, each episode is longer than an hour. Uh, but I remember watching the first three episodes with my mom on Friday, the day it came out. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday night, we went, it was late. We started watching three more. And it was about 12, 15 at night. And I said, we got one more episode. Let's just, let's just watch it real quick. We started up and it was an, an hour, hour and 40 minutes. minutes long. Yeah. And I went, tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay, we'll talk. We'll do this tomorrow. But like, it's long. <laughs> Like it is a long. There was only one episode that was like an hour and four minutes. Every other episode was at least an hour and 17, 18, 20 minutes to an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And it also is like, it's one of the most, like it has, it has a lot of fucking storylines going on. Oh, yeah, it does. Like, uh, 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 Millie Bobby Brown said in an interview that she's like, the Duffer brothers need to start killing off characters because, um, like there's just too much going on. And I kind of agree with her, but at the same time, I don't think it's a problem because you have a streaming service doing this versus, you know, like a uh um like a, like a like an aired on TV sort of situation. Mhm. So but it is a lot going on. It's a lot to fucking Oh yeah. Um. So, so we'll just go with we'll go with each each character's plot. All right, um, because again, yeah, this... it's it seven episodes that were that were dense, and I, going through each one like we just did with Obi Wan is going to take too much time. So, yeah. Um. So let's start with Mike. Well, the the story does pick up in 1986. It's set nine months after Star Court. And the final episode of Starcourt took place on 4th of July. So if this is nine months later, uh, this is a set during their spring break. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a scene when Max visits Billy's grave. His death date was July 4th of 1985. Um, But this is set in spring break. So nine months after July. Okay. So we're looking at April of 86. Gotcha. Uh, 
Well, I can so, that list I had of, of how long each episode of Stranger Things is. I was so, going to do the math of how long this season took to watch. Oh. Well, Misty and I started watching it at like 10 o'clock on Friday morning, and we finished it. No, 9 o'clock on Friday morning. We finished it just before 10 o'clock Friday night. But we watched all seven episodes that day, and we took, you know, like an hour break here, 30-minute break there in between episodes. But, yeah, it takes a while. Um, one of the things I'm going to spoil their talk, everybody, for fuck's sake. Jesus. I mean, obviously, we have to. It's a whole season. Um, I saw the Vecna reveal, like, episode three. Okay. Um, I didn't think it was that well hidden. And maybe it's just my brain analyzing as I watch. Well, let's run down the characters right fast. They're where they are. Um, they're all in high school now. Lucas is playing on the basketball team. Uh, and he and Dustin and Mike are part of a D&D club called the Hellfire Club. Uh, Hellfire Club's led by a new character named Eddie. Eddie Munson. Who is actually based off of real life Damien Eccles. Right. Uh, which I found fascinating. Um, <clears throat> we see, you know, Eleven, her, Jonathan, and Will are living with Joyce out in California now. Uh, and Max has kind of become a loner and not really hanging out with the guys anymore. Uh, Nancy is working on the school paper. And we'll see. We see... Oh, yeah. Steve, what was Steve doing? He's still working at the video store with Robin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's... That's our main characters and where they're starting out at. Um, Mike flies to California uh, to hang out with Eleven and Will. Um, in the first episode, though, we see him and Lucas, or not him and Lucas, him and Dustin, playing in the final battle of their D&D campaign at Eddie's Reading. Uh, which causes a little bit of a rift because Lucas is playing in the championship basketball game and he wants them to be there for his game. Uh, and they, like, we can't get out of D&D. We've got to play. Uh, so they get his sister to take his place. Uh, and she is just funny as hell. Yeah. Erica is. So we see him play in the D&D campaign. Um, after, afterwards, uh, you know, it happened at the same time as the championship game. Hawkins wins. Yay. Um, one so of I the cheerleaders. The, sorry, huh? I did the math. It takes almost nine hours to get through seven of these seven, the seven episodes. Yeah. 
we see one of the cheerleaders actually approach Eddie wanting to buy some drugs from him. And while she's hanging out there at his place while he's looking for the drugs, she fucking goes into some type of trance, is levitated off the ground, and then her body is contorted horribly as all of her bones start to break in directions they were never meant to go. <laughs> and <laughs> eyes get like just popped in her fucking sockets. Yeah. And dies right in front of Eddie. And now he, you know, he's like fucked. <laughs> well, he, you know, the thing he did that cracked me up at that shot was he just looks up and is just screaming. Which, yeah. I get. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, like that be like, yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah. What, what can you do? I mean, yeah, that's going to suck. Um, this happens on, this happens late at night in the first episode, uh, in the second episode, we, and this happens, turns out that Eddie lives right next to Max, who Max and her mom, uh, have moved to a trailer park because after Billy's death, uh, his dad split. Um, but. Max sees the cops show up and she sees the body of the cheerleader. Her name was Chrissy. Uh, but she can't make out many details, but she knows that, okay, Eddie was the last person seen. He's obviously going to be suspect number one, which turns into a mystery of, did Eddie kill this cheerleader or is something else going on and it being Hawkins? Naturally, the kids assume, okay, something else is going on because weird things happen here. Yeah, we that, we have that experience. Which, which it, it's so funny to me too because um, not only is Eddie based off of that character, but the like an entire plot point of the show is based off real life. Well, yeah, yeah. It's not a character. I mean, it's an actual person he's based off of. Sorry, I meant to say actual person. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Sorry. Are you familiar with Damien Eccles in the West Memphis Theory? I wasn't until I started watching the show, but... Oh, yeah. I, I, that's a fascinating case that I followed for years. Um, you know, because Damien Eccles listened to heavy metal music. He played D&D. &D. He was an outcast. Um, and he was suspect number one in what was described as a satanic ritualistic killing of three eight-year-old boys. Yeah. Um, and he was completely innocent of it, but he was convicted of it and held on death row for years until they gave him a fucking, him and the other two guys fucking... Uh, Alfred, please, <clears throat> and released them. But yeah, Eddie's based heavily on Damien Eccles. And the whole satanic panic thing of the 80s yeah, uh, with Dungeons and Dragons, they really did a great job of tying that in to this yeah. season. And, and it's, it's funny, it's, and not even just uh, uh, the satanic panic of, of like, I mean, they could utilize a lot because it was a whole thing in the 80s in general. The satanic bank. Because like, like that's people thought that uh uh preschools 
we're home for getting kids to be satanic and um there's a whole litany of things that people were blaming on Satan. oh yeah oh yeah but D is the most remembered and probably the biggest target of that that, Absolutely. that and heavy metal music yeah i was like if you're living in the 80s and you liked D and heavy metal you were probably a target yeah so I enjoyed that they utilized that for the show because I was like, that's a thing. It's a real thing. So this this brings Max and Dustin and Steve and Robin and uh, Nancy together to work on who killed this cheerleader. Uh, and they, they know it wasn't. Eddie, they're trying to find an answer on how she died, but they also are trying to keep him safe. Um, so while that's going on, Mike's hanging out in California with Eleven and Will and Jonathan, and Jonathan has got this new friend, Argyle, uh, who has introduced him to weed. Um, and Argyle is <laughs> a hilarious character, too. Yeah, he is. He is funny. That dude just has not cut his hair in like ever, I don't yeah. think. Because he was in American Vandal and he was in that horrible movie that I couldn't stand that you liked uh, about the summer camp or the camping trip or whatever it was. Brittany had us watch it one time. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up because I'm not sure which movie you're talking about. Let's see Stranger Things. Keep talking. I'm just, I'm just looking up his, his IMDb. Uh, was it the dead package? air on the, the package. package? It was the package. Yeah, that's what it was called. The package. Package. I don't fucking remember this movie. Hold on. We watched it. I don't doubt it. I just don't remember it. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, carry on. Uh, so, turns out Eleven has been writing to Mike and saying, you know, I'm the best at math in my class. My English and grammar are getting really good. I'm making lots of friends. Uh, we're having a great time. Turns out she's been lying about all of that. She's bullied and targeted by people at school uh she's doing very poorly in her studies uh, her english has gotten better though but mike sees a culmination of all this uh in person at a skating rink and 11 gets pissed and grabs a skate and just clocks the girl that has been bullying her right in the nose and it looks like it broke her nose and cut her pretty fucking badly so they bolt and go the fuck home while this is going on murray and joyce joyce gets a package from russia and calls murray and inside is a doll and he's guiding her through uh looking for a hidden message maybe because she's convinced that hopper's alive they find a note inside the doll that says Hopper's alive. Uh, call this number. They call the number. Uh, Murray actually goes 
to Joyce's house in California and they call the number and it's a guy named Enzo and he's like, yeah, Hopper's alive. He, he's stuck. He can't get to you right now, but you give me $40,000 and he can be unstuck. Uh, so they take off to Alaska with $40,000 that basically Hopper had in the trust fund for 11. Um, so they take, they're taking the ransom money. They go to Alaska to meet a pilot to take them to Russia so they can get Hopper. That's the plan there. So now we've got all of our plot points out there. <laughs> well, like it, it is, it's, it's, it's crazy too, because as, as you're watching everything unfold, you never really know when you're going to get back to certain characters. I think there yeah. was a there was a whole thing happening in in Hawkins, and I was so enthralled with it that when it went back to Hopper, I was like, "Fuck, I forgot about this storyline." Like it's it's you could have your own show, which each each storyline, yeah. Um, and some episodes like concentrate on one storyline a lot longer than the other ones, yeah. Sometimes we don't even go back to certain characters. I think after episode six, we never go back to Mike and Will. Yeah, know? we. Yeah, I don't think we went back to them in the seventh episode. Yeah, and but uh, as a result of Eleven attacking the girl, she's then put on the radar of the cops. The cops come to pick her up, and that's when uh, we find out that there is a faction of the government that is looking for her that intends to eliminate her because they believe she is a deadly weapon. And uh, Paul Reiser, his character, is back as Sam Owens. He is one of the people who are actively trying to protect her and keep her being still alive a secret. Um. So when the cops come to arrest her to take her to a juvenile detention center, uh, the government, I don't know which section of government that they work for, but they come and they intersect the feds, the, the cops, and take Eleven with them. And she meets Owens, and he's like, look, there's some shit going down in Hawkins. And we need you. You're the only person who can stop this. And she's like, I don't have my powers anymore. He says, what if I told you I know of a way that you can get them back? He's like, you come with me, you can get your powers back. So she willingly goes with him while Mike and Will and Jonathan are placed in protective custody uh, at their home. Dude, that scene which seemingly comes out of fucking nowhere was wild. Oh, when the agents bust in and just <laughs> yeah, out of seemingly nowhere. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what was funny is they had just called for pizza to be delivered. So Argyle could take them to wherever they were trying to go. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so these fa these agents bust in. These other government agents they bust in and kill, or they shoot and wound the two agents that were guarding the boys. Um, 
Argyle rolls up and he's like, what the hell is that guy shooting people for? Oh my God, is that guy bleeding, man? What the fuck's going on, dude? <laughs> you know, he's just tripping his balls off. Yeah. And they're like, drive, drive, drive. And the guy says, Nina, uh, the Nina project or something like that to the, to the kids and gives them an ink pen. And then he dies. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, a lot of shit happening there. So they're on a quest to try to find who, who Nina is and how she can help because Mike had a note from 11 that says, I'm going to get my powers back. Yeah. Or I'm going to be a superhero again. Cause she was worried that she was a monster and he told her, you're not a monster. You're a superhero. Yeah. Um, they figure out that the phone number that they have isn't actually a phone number. It's a computer. And the only hacker that they know is Dustin's girlfriend, Susie, who lives in Utah, which I, I love. I fucking love that. Uh, when they say her name, somebody was like, who? And then like, I think it was, uh, was Will started singing, uh, turn around. <laughs> and they were like, Oh no. Yeah. So good. That was funny as shit. Um, so that's their story arc. You know, they meet up with Susie. Uh, they get coordinates. Which was, they get coordinates, and now they know where to go. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot with them. No. I mean, you know, we see some shit like Jonathan doesn't feel that he can go to college with Nancy. Uh, he doesn't feel he can leave his mom and Will. He's, you know, uh, taking on this extraordinary responsibility of, you know, being there for them. And it's caused a strain on their relationship, which becomes a subplot, um, you know, for both him and Nancy. Uh, back in Russia, uh, well, Alaska first, we see that the pilot that, Joyce and Murray took the 40,000 to Yuri. Um, he basically double crosses them, double crosses them and drugs them and says, I've taken you captive. Uh, Which I, I, I want to say that was my only, my only problem with their story that I didn't enjoy was that Murray fell for it. Yeah. Because he yeah. was the character in, in the last season that was, like, in a fucking bunker that had, uh, like, it was lead-lined, and he was adamant that he didn't, you know, he wasn't on the grid or anything like that. And then, like, suddenly he's not now? It just seemed like a very weird shift in character for him, so. But. I, I think it was mainly, I don't think he trusted him or anything, but. I think we didn't get to see the development of, you know, his more untrusting nature of this Yuri because they were drugged so quickly with the coffee. It was cold. It was like, oh, here, here's some hot coffee. It'll warm you up. And then the next thing you know, he's out. And then she passes out. But, yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're I get what you're saying. 
I didn't unenjoy it because we had a scene later when they're on the um, the airplane and Murray turns into a fucking <laughs> it's so badass. It's so funny. It's so I'm good. a black belt. My feet are like knives. My feet are spears. <laughs> so it was so fucking silly, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. And and don't get me wrong, I love Murray as a character. I love mm-hmm. like the progression. It just it seemed like a very like he. They still wanted him to be that character that was paranoid, right? Yeah. And there are a lot of scenes, especially when they're still in the U.S., where. He's like, Joyce, it has to work this way because this, and I'll bring my giant machine over where we can trace a call and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, that's Murray. That's Murray in a nutshell. But the second they were like, yeah, let's go and meet an unnamed person in in, in Alaska. And I was like, would Murray actually do this? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. So that was my only thought. But other than that, it was it was fine. Of course, Joyce, you know, I mean, you're not going to stop her no matter what. Right. So I guess, I guess he's also along the lines of, well, I'm coming along with her to try to keep anything horrible from happening to her. So while this is going on, Hopper's worked out a plan to escape from this Russian prison he's in, which he does so, makes it to the safe house of Yuri, the smuggler uh, and pilot who's supposed to fly him out. Uh, that's when the double cross is revealed and both Hopper is, he's recaptured and the guard who was helping Hopper is captured and now they're in, in the cell together. Um, Joyce and Murray, uh, take out the pilot, but they crashed the plane, but they were, they had a crash landing, which they were all able to walk away from. And they take Yuri hostage, and he shows them his safe house where they can get more weapons, and then where the prison is, uh, in hopes that they don't leave him for the bears to be eaten. Uh, They get to the prison right as Hopper and the guard and the other prisoners are basically put into a pen and a Demogorgon is released to devour them, uh, which was a very cool fight. Uh, Hopper and the guard are the only two survivors. Uh, They do manage to get away from the Demogorgon. They didn't kill it, but they got away from it. And then we see Joyce and Hopper finally reunited, and it was a teary, wet-eyed moment uh, for this household. I'm not going to say who cried, but it was me and Misty. Um... (laughs) That's interesting. I didn't. I didn't at all. <laughs> oh, it was so sweet. It well, was I was so happy. Sweet. I was happy to see them, you know, back together. But it was like it. It. it I don't know. It wasn't tear jerk worthy for me. Which is saying a lot, considering like I fucking I cry pretty often when it comes to certain things. So yeah. Um. <clears throat> so they're reunited, but now they're still in Russia, and they need to get out. Uh, was there anything else significant that happened there? I'm trying to think. No, once they were once they were reunited, um, it it never really went back to them, as far as I remember. Yeah, like they're still, right. as far as we know, they're still in that in that Demogorgon holding area. Yeah. Okay, so the meat and potatoes, the real plot of everything that's going on. 
Now there is stuff that involves 11, which we're going to get to. Um, 11 goes to a facility with Owens and turns out Brenner is still alive. Uh, Papa, he's still alive and she's getting images from her past and she believes that she killed all of the other kids and that's why she thinks she's a monster. He's like, you need to work through your memories. We're going to get your powers back. And we've got to take it slowly. And she's going through a series of memory recollection in a sensory deprivation chamber uh, while she's hooked up to being monitored by all these systems, uh, monitoring her vitals, brain activity, etc. Um, and we see you know, her life as she was growing up. And it was cool because they used a young girl and they digitally imposed Millie Bobby Brown's face onto the young girl uh, to make it look like a younger version of herself because it was like a it was like seven year old version of Eleven. Yeah. Who is? It's like uh, right before season one, Eleven. Yeah. Well, it was. It was, it was these flashbacks were taking place in September of nineteen seventy nine. Uh, season one was nineteen eighty two. So. Was it 82? November of 82? Yeah, I'm going to look that up real quick. because I think it was. So we see her working through all this stuff. And in all of her memories, she doesn't have any friends. The other kids, primarily a group of four kids, are always bullying her. She doesn't seem to have the talent... First season is 83, second season is 84. Oh, okay, well, first season is 85. November of 83, my bad. So these flashbacks are taking place four years before when she's seven years old. Uh, or nine years old, nine years old. Yeah, and I was like, she'd have to be nine. <laughs> Eight or nine, somewhere in there. She's little. But it was cool because in her flashback scenes, you know, a lot of times she's represented as just 11 in the flashback scenes. But when she looks in the like mirrors and sees reflections, it's the little girl stand in and it's the younger version of herself. So I thought that was a cool thing. But in these memories, she's her only friend or the only person that's friendly to her outside of Papa is the orderly. And he's like, you remind me of somebody. She's like, who? He says, number one. She's like, what happened to him? He's like, well, that's a story for another day. Immediately, no. Like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> now, while this is going on in Hawkins, um, there's another murder. Uh, it happens right near the trailer park uh, where Max and Eddie live. Um, same fashion. And like like the cheerleader Chrissy, uh, this was Fred, uh, who was uh, a newspaper staff co-worker on the school paper of Nancy's. Uh, he, he and Nancy had gone out to investigate the death of the cheerleader uh, at the trailer park to find out what, you know, what they can find out. 
and just like the cheerleader he also has these horrible visions he hears a voice he sees a clock it's a grandfather clock um he has horrible visions of things from his past where he's tormented and then this grotesque mummified figure uh, basically approaches him grabs him and that's when you see him levitate into the air and all of his bones contorting into directions they were never supposed to move. Uh, boom. Another dead one. Another one, boys, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Lucas and the basketball team are trying to find Eddie because they believe that he is the killer. Lucas doesn't believe he's the killer, so he's trying to warn Dustin and the others uh, if they know anything. They think that... Uh, he's trying to warn Dustin that he thinks that... The basketball team thinks Dustin knows where Eddie is and they're coming for him. So Dustin and Nancy and Steve and Robin and Max are all trying to keep Eddie safe while also avoiding the basketball team and trying to get to this, the mystery of who's killing these people. And they determine that it is an entity called Vecna. Uh, Vecna from the Upside Down. Uh, which Vecna is a very famous uh, D&D villain from back in the day. A very nasty villain. So... Uh, very cool stuff. Just a lot going on. And we do eventually learn who Vecna is, what Vecna's origin is. I don't want to go into too much detail and spoiling anything else. I mean, those are your basic plot threads. Right. What 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 would you want to add to these things? No, I think you covered it all. I think uh when it comes to like the way that the story is told, I think it's very well structured and jumping between storylines. Um, there's always a moment in, in like, Oh, we're watching what's going on in, in, in uh, uh, Hawkins. And there's a small moment where they have to be on, like they have to, they have to sit in a basement. Let's go to Hopper. Let's see what he's doing. All right. Hopper's at a moment where he's sitting in a jail cell by himself. Let's hop to Joyce. Oh, Joyce and Joyce and and, and um, uh, Murray are like in the plane. Let's hop to fucking Mike and Will. What are they doing? All right, they're driving from point A to point B. Let's hop to somebody like very well structured in that category. Mm-hmm. And I I appreciate that because there's so much going on that when we jump back to characters, it feels like they've met their destination. The proper time has passed. Yeah. Um, and so it's just nice that they that they did that. Um. It feels like an old school TV show where they they have that proper structure, but there is a ton going on in the show. I think that going from episode to episode, and you're like, like I said, there were moments where I forgot what certain characters are doing because there's so much happening. Because we don't even just have, uh, like, a bunch of characters in in you know proper stance doing things. We have a background character, or not background, but a but a flashback character, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even just like one; we have multiple flashback characters, and it's it's 
there was a couple moments where uh when Elle is in the chamber like kind of reliving moments from when she was in the facility when she was younger like my mom fully forgot why like if it was now or then oh well like she full-on was just like wait what and i was like okay we're in the past we're like Elle was remembering something um and so I think that's a small problem for the show, but not a big problem. Because if I'm being honest, this is probably their best season yet. Oh, abso-fucking-lutely. They have um, outdone themselves. The horror factor. Dude, they have up the horror factor. It feels scary at times. It, like Season two and three were not scary. Like There was a no. couple scary-ish moments, but like... There's nothing scarier to me than a dream demon. Something that can kill you that you can't see. Yeah. Awful. Awful. Uh, like, that's that's what I'll call Vecna, is a dream demon. Um, because, I mean, that's that's what he's doing. Like, you have Demogorgons. Physical things that could, like a physical thing that could kill you right uh you wouldn't know where it's coming from because it can jump you know through the portal and go to a different location or something like that but it was terrifying mm-hmm. and then you had demo demo dogs and it was like demo dogs are just dogs that are terrible like just ugly looking and then you have the fucking mind flayer and you're like oh man this thing is gigantic and ominous and then by the end of the season you're like oh it's just but it's just a thing it's a thing that they destroyed i mean barely they, they got lucky if i'm being honest uh, but it wasn't scary. Like I, I love season three a lot, but it was, it wasn't scary. Season fucking four has Vecna, the U.S. military, an underground facility. Genuinely scary things when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like the Mike and Will and Jonathan storyline probably is lowered lower on the on the list of like the more interesting storylines yeah. yet it had probably one of the coolest fucking scenes in the entire show and it oh, was yeah. the one shot firefight scene like it's it is a fascinating thing to watch and i cannot wait for june 1st july 1st sorry july 1st june 1st was yesterday <laughs> <laughs> uh like, it's exciting. It's 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 super fun to watch this show kind of continue and go forward. And um, if I have to wait another, like, I here's what I want. I don't know how the show's going to end, and we will review the final two episodes, obviously. However, the show ends. What I would love to see, since the kids are getting older, they're all adults now. They're all they're all eighteen plus. Um, give them the proper makeup to play older versions of themselves. Like, let's say five six years have passed at the end of season four, and season five picks up when they are older. I think Will is the younger. Hello. Yeah, you hear me? Oh. Yeah, you cut out there for a second. Oh, I uh, uh, Will. Yeah, I think he's the youngest. He's still seventeen. 
Um, yeah, but, uh, by, by the time they film, yeah, by the time they by the time they start filming the next, and I think they're only going to do five seasons. I think they said the fifth is the last. Right. That's why I'm saying it should jump to the future. It should it should go quite a few years into the future. Like I want I want season. I want season four to be like 1991 Ooh. and something is making them have to come back together. Cause I don't know how you can go further than Vecna. Like he seems like a major, major villain, like an end game sort of villain. So I don't know what they have planned for season five, but I can't imagine it's, I just don't know how you go above Vecna. I just don't know. But um, they'll find a way, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't think they could go above fucking uh, the Mind Flayer, but here we are. Because that was the thing about the Mind Flayer was you saw him at the end of season one, like you saw him in the in the shot in the distance in the in the sky. He just didn't have a name yet. Um, but Vecna is like brand spanking new. But we accepted Vecna. Like, nobody was like, oh, where the fuck did this random villain come from? Like, we all were just like, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. The, um, the, hello? I said the explanation and the, the hell's happening. You keep cutting out. I don't know what's going on. Can can you hear me now? Yeah. That's weird. Oh, what I was saying was I thought that the explanation and reveal of who Vecna was was very well done. That whole that whole thing. Absolutely. Um I just I just saw it coming a mile away. Like I think I said it to my mom out loud and she just she got mad at me because she's like, Can you stop predicting things? <laughs> And I'm like, no, it's not how I watch things. <laughs> um, which was satisfying, if I'm being honest. Like most of the time when I see things coming, I'm usually not satisfied because I saw it coming. But this time I was just like, yeah, it feels I feel vindicated. Like it was it was kind of neat. Um also one of my absolute favorite shots of the whole show happens in episode seven. With um, them finding the portal that they could use and having the rope kind of be in between. Yeah, that was very cool. I love that so much. So, well, why don't we go ahead and, and wrap it up? Because I'm I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> really I am hungry. too. I've not eaten today. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and give this like this part of the season a plus. Oh like, fuck yes. Like Same. thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. Like I have my critiques, but like it's so fucking nitpicky and small that it did not detract from my enjoyment of the season at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I echo that A plus it's stellar. It's the best work they I, I, I gotta know. They've upped. It seems like.
Doesn't feel like everybody's going to make it out of this. I lost Greg. Oh no. And there he is. Hey. Sorry, you were breaking up a lot, and I thought so I thought leaving and then joining back in would help, but it was like if you're not hosting it and you leave and try to come back, it goes, there's nothing there. I don't know what you were looking for, and I'm like, neat. <laughs> That's weird. How do I sound now? You sound a lot better. I don't know what was going on. You'd just be in the middle. Like, I hear, like, two words, and then it was nothing. Hmm. Well, I don't even remember what I was saying. It's still doing it. Still fucking doing it. I can't hear you. We should just wrap it up and we should wrap it up before we have to before it, it, it cuts out on us completely. All right. Um but yeah, uh watch Stranger Things, everybody. If you haven't started watching that show, you got a shit ton of content. It's a wonderful fucking show. Uh from start to finish. I don't think there's been an episode of Stranger Things that I didn't enjoy. So, um, uh, but next week, everybody, we're going to review episode uh, uh, Obi Wan episode four, Miss Marvel episode one, and The Boys season three episodes one, two, and three, since they all air at the same time. Uh, make sure you follow us on all socials listed below. We'll try to keep you updated if we add anything, um, which I doubt we will this week because we have three things to review. Uh, but but if we do add something, you'll know on our social medias, which are listed down below. Uh, go check out our Teespring store. Uh, if you'd like a T-shirt, a mug, a pint glass, just or just a sticker. Um, it helps us out because all proceeds go right into paying for URLs and things like that that we have on the podcast. Um, to watch today's live video of the podcast, you can head over to YouTube channel. I did show like a small video, so if that's something you're interested in checking out, like it had to do with Obi-Wan. Um, you can check that on our YouTube. Uh, that link is also below. If you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, head on over to the Nirvana Network. Plenty of wonderful shows with terrific friends. Um, that link is also listed down below. Other than that, that's my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher profile. It's also linked, uh, has my Twitter and Instagram accounts linked to it. So if you wish to follow me on any of those things, you can do so. You can also catch me on another podcast called Figure Banging. It is on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And that's where you can find me. What a- um, you can find me, uh, uh, Rock Geek on all socials. I do solo reviews uh, of the shows that some of the shows we don't review on the podcast on the YouTube channel. I need to actually make a few of those because there's a few things I've watched that I'd like to kind of do a review of. Um, but yeah, um, YouTube channel. That's the end of the all queued up YouTube channel. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, before I go, uh, fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA, uh, donate and help where you can. And we'll see you next week. Be proud, man. Take care, everybody.